So the 2023 schedule became official, and the Pac-12 told USC to take this schedule and shove it. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, I like to remind everybody, we are free, and I really hope you're enjoying the show. Come along for the ride. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button. It means a whole heck of a lot. And to those of you who already have, again, a very, very, very sincere thank you. All right, so the schedule came out, and I don't love it. Uh, you know, I had a feeling that the Petco was going to take the low road when the early preview was released on Tuesday uh, through John Canzano, the bald-faced truth. On Wednesday, uh, the Pac-12 officially released the schedule for 2023, and uh, they, did no, they did USC no favors. As I mentioned, uh, Mr. Canzano... Uh, he seems to believe uh, that the conference, the conference athletic directors, actually took it easy on USC and UCLA as they're uh, as both programs are about to kind of belly up to the big conference high rollers bar, so to speak, leaving behind the Pac-12, heading to the big conference in 2024, where they're going to be uh, they're going to be able to have uh, some really nice, expensive drinks. They'll be able to afford it. Um. And so why, I guess I, I was reading his column and in his opinion, he, he thinks that uh, the Pac-12 athletic directors took the high road and they gave, they made life easy for USC and UCLA on their way out the door. And again, that's his, it's his opinion, but he never really explains how they took the high road. Um, because speaking for the Trojan family side of the aisle, hello, myself. Uh, who he probably has no idea who I am, and that's not what this is about. However, that was the impetus for um, the impetus for why I'm actually talking about this was him believing that USC has an easy go of it as they leave the Pac-12 conference. I could not disagree anymore. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that you know he, you know, he covers Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, primarily, uh, he's a, very well known nationally, but I, I think everyone would agree that he covers those two teams primarily. That's where he's based. And I don't know, maybe uh, you know, being kind of feeling a little bit left behind with the, you know the two Oregon schools aren't coming with the two LA schools to the big conference. Um, I don't know, maybe kind of gawking over the velvet rope, so to speak. Uh, I don't know, his, his opinion just comes off a little disingenuous to me. Um, and I say that because I love reading his columns. So I guess what I'd like to know is where is the high road? Um, is it playing Utah and Notre Dame on back-to-back weeks? Or was it rewarding USC with the uh, their second bye week uh, in between their final game of the season against UCLA? and presumably the conference championship game. Uh, but let's remember, 
that UCLA game happens after USC hosts Washington and then travels to Eugene to play against the Ducks. So if the Trojans were able to somehow survive their final six-game stretch, that, let me remind you, starts at Notre Dame on October 14th. Then they come home and play Utah immediately after that. Then they travel to Cal, play in Berkeley, the weekender, uh, host Washington, travel to Eugene, home against UCLA. Uh, so they will have earned that bye week heading into the conference championship game if they come out of that with one or no losses. I mean, literally, that's a... Uh, oh, by the way, I should mention um, that bye week would happen after playing nine straight weeks. USC's first bye week of the season um, happens after the Trojans open their season with three straight home games. So, yeah, the bye week, I guess it is beneficial there. If you have any dings and dents, it gives you a chance to kind of, you know, take a week off, so to speak, and repair. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, again, those first three weeks aren't really going to be a challenge for, for USC in, in 2023. They have a week zero game. They open up at home August, yeah, August 26th against San Jose State. A uh, week later, they host the Nevada Wolfpack. And then, uh, you know, week two, week three, I don't know. Is it week zero is against San Jose State. Week two, uh, as usual, they're going to open up conference play at home against Stanford. And that'll be the final time they're playing Stanford in the Pac-12 conference. So uh, that's about as easy as a first month of a schedule that USC can have. No doubt about it. I don't think anybody's going to question that. That's a, that's a cakewalk. Uh, Stanford has a new head coach, new staff. We'll see what they look like by the time they get to USC. But USC should have zero issues with San Jose State or Nevada. So again, if Riley's team isn't 3-0 um, when they head off to Tempe following their bye week, um, they follow up that with a road trip at Colorado. That's how they end the month of September, at Arizona State, at Colorado. So, again, um, they better be 6-0 because that's when the high road that uh, John Canzano referred to it as, the Pac-12 athletic director's taking, uh, it turns into the road to hell. There's their final stretch, home to Arizona, that team's going to be good uh, on offense in 2023. They were good last year. You saw what they did to USC's defense, which wasn't good, but you saw their potential. They're going to be a year better. Um, and they're also, that Arizona team, even though they're coming to LA, they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. They're going to be a little pissed off. Remember, USC kind of raided their closet. They took probably their, their most experienced best receiver, Dorian Singer. Some might say that... Uh, Tara McMillan, T-Mac, is their best. He could be. Um, I'll, I'll give you my mea culpa his sophomore season, if, if there's one due. Remind me about that, people. But USC is taking Dorian Singer. And they are also taking a couple of guys from their defense, Christian Roland Wallace, cornerback, and defensive tackle, uh, Kion Bars. 
So that game's probably going to have a little bit of extra emotion in there as well. And those last six games that I mentioned earlier, um, if, if that's the bald-faced truth, John Canzano's version of the Pac-12's ADs, taking the high road, man, I would love to know what his low road could have looked like. <laughs> because it's pretty freaking difficult, man. I agree. The front end, pretty soft. Back end, that might be one of the tougher in the country. Because remember, all these quarterbacks that are returning in the Pac-12 this year. I don't know. Maybe he had the two L.A. schools mixed up. You know, and I hope everybody can sense the dripping sarcasm right now. And because all of the recent success, not just recent, but the football success and history and tradition of both schools, national championships, Heisman Trophy awards. I mean, they're really similar. I don't know. If if you want to take the if, if like I said, here's the high road. Let me show you UCLA's 2023 schedule. I mean, it's ridiculously easy, especially when you compare it to USC's. I'm just going to rattle it off week to week. At home to Coastal Carolina, at San Diego State, home to North Carolina Central, at Utah, home to Washington State, at Oregon State, at Stanford. Home to Colorado, at Arizona, home to Arizona State, at USC, then they finish at home against California. Seriously, if UCLA has more than one loss when they get to the Coliseum, fire Chip Kelly, period, full stop. I mean, outside of that Utah game, and possibly at Oregon State, and I'll even throw in at Arizona. I still say more than one loss, you've got a problem in Westwood. I mean, no wonder Kyle Ford shows the Bruins for a year. I mean, outside of that Utah game on the road, and again, like I said, Oregon State, I'll throw in Arizona. That schedule is Charmin ultra soft. No other way to say it. So, to those of you who have an opinion, let's toast each other. I read one I disagreed with. I gave you mine. So here's to you. And here's to me. Best of friends may we ever be. But if by chance we disagree, then screw you and here's to me. All right. Hope we had a little fun with that. I think the schedule is going to be a lot of fun in 2023. But uh, the high road, no, not with USC. Me. BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I need you to make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball located in one place. 
Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. I want to take a walk down memory lane to when uh, Lincoln Riley arrived and some of the things he said um, the day he was announced. Well, the day after he was announced, when the media came and uh, met Lincoln Riley for the very first time uh, at the Coliseum. Kind of cool. I was there. Uh, brought you a video and quotes. Well, I got some of those words and I Let's see um, how much of those words came to fruition in year one. And how close is the team to uh, to meeting the goal? The goals, I guess. Um, I'm going to kind of rifle through some of these. Some of the some quotes that Lincoln Riley had. Pardon me. That water. Woo. Drinking hard tonight, guys. Um, Lincoln Riley on, when he was asked about talking about former Trojans coming back to the program, supporting it. Quote, the history of this program is as good as it gets in college football. Our doors are will always be open. You are a part of us forever. We can't do this without you guys, and we're going to enlist you to help us build us, to, to help us build, to, re, to help us recruit, and in return, we hope we can give you a program that you're damn proud of, end quote. So, I Firmly believe that uh, he's made good on his words here so far, without a doubt. I'm sure you've seen um, some of the former great Trojans standing on the sideline, uh, whether you, you spotted them from your seat at the Coliseum or if you were watching the games on TV, they've been coming back. And I saw it firsthand uh, during practice, spring camp, uh, fall camp, every. When I when the media was available to be out there, and I had the opportunity, um, like I said, I saw it firsthand with the practice reports I talked to you about the gold plating. Well, former and past players they were invited to come back and to present those honors to these players. The gold plating was kind of your rite of passage um, where you get that Trojan logo decal to, to put on your helmet. That was called gold plating. So without a doubt. Um, in my in my opinion, um, they have reached out to try and to get that that part of USC's past culture to come back and, and to believe in the program and stand behind it. Um, Riley was also asked uh, how much time it was going to take to rebuild this uh, this USC program that he inherited. Quote: I've been in LA for about I don't know a few hours. And he had a big smile and looked at his watch. In this day and age, I think it can happen quickly. There are a lot of good things going on in this program we can absolutely build on, end quote. Okay. I'm not going to dive too deep into this. There was a commitment made to Lincoln uh, to get him to Bolt Norman, Oklahoma, so to speak, in the dark of night. Um a sizable financial investment. Um, but let's be honest, it started, it was a, it was able to happen quickly, the rebuild, because Caleb Williams and the transfer portal brought at least, what, 25 guys? There was a, uh, there was a quick roster turnover, and it needed to happen. 
And, and by the end of the season, despite, you know, the two-game losing streak, I think everyone would agree that you know, 11 games, 11, they won 11 games. The rebuild is ahead of schedule. So this general contractor that they hired, Lincoln Riley, um, doing a pretty damn good job. I would highly recommend him to anybody, who's, any friends uh, who are considering rebuilding in the future. Down the line, leave Lincoln alone. He's going to be busy for a while at USC. But again, maybe 20 years from now, give him a ring. He might want to entertain thoughts after winning 10 national championships in, at USC. It's one every other year. USC fans, you can live with that. Um, Riley also said that his first plan of action was to build the best staff he could. And he announced that he was bringing along defensive coordinator Alex Grinch and his wide receivers coach Dennis Simmons with him to USC. He also said there will be more coming in the next few days. Uh, one of them was supposed to be his co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, Bill Beanbow. Um, Lincoln Riley said, we're going to have a lot of great candidates that want to come coach with us here. The one thing I don't want to do is jump too quick. Well, we know Beanbow chose to stay uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. Well, Josh Henson, you know, he, he's no slouch. <laughs> and the O-line played fantastic in 2022. And he was able to build off of what Clay McGuire left him in 2021. So, again, I, I think, I know there's questions in other coaching areas, specifically defense, special teams, that are going to come up. Um, so as far as jumping too quick, uh, you know, like as Riley said, the thing, the one thing he doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to jump too quick uh, as far as making coaching adjustments, hires, or in this case, firings. Um, Alex Grinch is still his defensive coordinator. So again, He's not, he's not moving quickly, and I know that's a concern for some, but you, I, I think you need to be able to give Riley the benefit of the doubt for one more year. He's assumed, he's accepted responsibility. If you watch any of uh, Locked on USC's episodes uh, this week as well as last week, um, Lincoln Riley kind of opened up, stated the program, answered any and all questions for two hours with the local media in a roundtable type of session. Just a handful of us there. And uh, if you haven't, go back and watch the shows. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Again, I have limited time here. So, um, again, he's looking to build the best defense. He's looking to build the best coaching staff and roster. And he said, as far as the roster, quote, we plan on building the best roster in the country. You can turn over the rosters in so many different ways and we'll be very deliberate and creative and intentional about it, end quote. So while the roster's turnover is still a work in progress, uh, they were very aggressive in the transfer portal in 2022. They are pretty aggressive so far in 2022. Uh, that what they're bringing in for 2023. Here's what I'll say to that. With no dedicated special teams coach going into year two, 
Um, I would say that adding a, another punter who they're bringing in through the transfer portal, after they added a punter, a freshman punter last year, that's creative. Um, especially since USC doesn't really punt that much with Kale Williams as their quarterback. So again, no special, de no dedicated special teams coach. You have a freshman punter that you didn't really use that much. And you're bringing in the all Pac-12 conference punter slash kicker from Arizona State through the portal, but you didn't bring in a special teams coach. That's creative. It's one way of describing it. Um, but here, let's just end this segment on a def definitive positive that Riley has definitely followed through with. The culture. Um, and how he wants to build it at USC. Quote, the combination of that staff and a roster that we're going to fight like crazy to build, it can be very, very special. And we plan on building the best roster in the country and within that locker room, the best culture in the country. It's not about the individual players here. It's not going to be. We're not going to let it be. I told the team earlier, it's amazing in this era of NLI, excuse me, NIL, all of the social media, all the different things going on for individuals, that when you care about the team the most, it's funny how all the individual things tend to work out for you. Look, there's no doubt about it. In less than one full year, uh, he and his staff, they changed the culture. And that culture that he inherited, it was reeking up the halls of Heritage Hall. I mean, it, I cannot put into words the, the way Lincoln Riley was trying not to describe what he took over when he first got to USC. You know, he talked about how he has his iPad with him all the time, and when he for the Oklahoma program, he had about 150 pages of notes uh, that they had to go through to, all right, this is our checklist of, sh of stuff we got to do to get the program to the next level. By the time he went through his checklist after taking over at USC, over 600 pages of notes, just to put the, everything into context. As I mentioned in one of my other episodes, he might have needed to purchase a new iPad because I don't know how much memory those things have. Um, so again, if you can't agree that he's changed the culture, uh, you might be looking in places that you shouldn't be looking, or you might be looking at places that don't exist um, because it's only going to get better as long as this team keeps winning. And all signs are pointing to uh, they're going to keep winning. I mean, look, the team is even going to be able to survive the losses of players, very good to great players, to the transfer portal. Players like Kyle Ford, Gary Bryant. A lot of programs, you lose players like that, and you're like, oh, crap, what are we going to replace those guys with? We know what USC is replacing those guys with. Quote, the culture will be team first, and we will have great athletes. Yes, they will be, but they're going to be people that care about winning championships, winning rings, 
holding up trophies, raising banners, and that's what we're going to have in that locker room. And that combination of that and a great staff is how you do it. So cannot wait to get started on that, end quote. All right. No championship banner to hang or rings to wear in year one after taking over a 4-18. and 18. But I'm going to break my rule. But uh, the university, Caleb Williams, they got a pretty special trophy. And uh, they get to show that off as a result of the team first uh, of great athletes showing off that uh, that new culture that's been installed at USC. And they're going to keep building it. It's, it's, not, it's a work in progress. All right, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the uh, fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit better. Uh, if you saw my Twitter feed tonight, I did not eat better. Go check it out at Mark Culkin. Uh, you saw I had a really nice dinner. Um, but this is a great way to uh, eat guilt-free. You got to go try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are delicious. And you won't even think they're good for you. They're the perfect New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar. And they do it while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're, they're healthy. They're only 130 calories. They only come with four grams of sugar, and they do it with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't wait around to kind of order them from the built site. You can go check them, you can go buy them at Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab your box of built bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or their coconut puffs. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, Run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. Thank me later. All right. So just a few recruiting tidbits before we get out of here on this episode of Locked on USC. Hey, I remember the name Warren Roberson, four-star cornerback safety from the state of Texas. He was committed to TCU. Well, he never signed uh, in December with the Horned Frogs, despite them making it to the playoffs, to the national championship game. He didn't know it then. Um, nevertheless, he never signed. Reason being, uh, his position coach, Brian Carrington, you might remember that name as well. Uh, he was at USC for a year, with final year. He's kind of, well, I think he interned more with the LA Rams while he was at USC. Anyways, He's moved on from TCU. He is now at ASU. Warren Roberson is visiting USC this week. Might have already had. Uh, pretty good chance, based on reading the tea leaves, that Warren's going to sign with USC on February 1st signing day. What about uh, Roger Pleasant? Okay. The speedster, Olympic 
speedster from uh, Gardena Serra, cornerback. He's over in Hawaii right now for the Poly Bowl. Well, if you saw his interview with uh, WeRSC.com, Scott Schrader, um, when he got there to Hawaii, I don't. Maybe he was tired. Ooh, you uh, didn't feel too good when you were watching that video uh, <laughs> video interview. I'm told, don't read too much into it. Again, I think he might have had a little bit of a jet lag going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it still might be too soon. And remember, there are six Trojan commits already over there at the Poly Bowl. So they're going to be working over uh, Mr. Pleasant during the week, leading into the game, as well as the plane trip home. So uh, including Mr. Zachariah Branch, wide receiver. I don't know if you've been on social media. You might have saw a really cool picture of Zach and... Um, oh, all of a sudden. Zach and Roderick, geez Louise, arms around each other's shoulders, heads nodding against each other, look pretty friendly. So keep your fingers crossed. That's how much time we have between now and February 1st to make that flip. Also, um, Deuce Robinson was seen on campus. Big tight end, Scottsdale, Arizona. I guess you should call him a big wide receiver slash tight end. Uh, I know it's a long shot. We'll see what happens. So keep your fingers crossed there. Um, never know. Stranger things have happened. And as I'm sure you don't know, if you don't know by now, the transfer portal closed the end of Wednesday, the 18th. And that will reopen again on May 1st. So, Things are going to be a little quiet on the transfer portal end of the action for the time being. And unless things change between now and February 1st, I think it's going to be a pretty light signing day for USC. Um, so I remember February, you know, that first Wednesday of February, it was a holiday. Wall-to-wall -wall action, ESPN. Whatever, whoever covered recruiting, uh, CBS Sports, I mean, you just kind of got your food, your beverage, you got comfortable, and you were just watching the Chirons go by, seeing the classes update, who signed. And now it's, like I said, to be like a 15-minute, hey, what's going on for me type of thing. Um, because, like I said, I think Warren Roberson is going to flip. Hopefully they can get Roderick Pleasant. Uh, other than that, it's going to be a pretty light February, you know, February 1st signing day for USC. So memories, man. I'm old, sort than most people that might watch the show. And right now, all that's going through my head is that song by Barbara Streisand, The Way We Were. Yep. College football has changed forever. All right, whatever. I'm not going to get sad about it. It's just changes, man. It's not good or bad. It's what you do with it, right? Talked about that. Once again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen. Head on over to Locked On College Basketball, brand new podcast. Everything you need to know, you get to hear about it from all the insiders, coaches, in big name experts, players. And uh, that's for free, too. 
what's not for free, but you need to go check it out. WeRSC.com. They still have a sign-up subscription special. It'll take you all the way through August 31st, 2023. And we are in the middle of recruiting, so it's a great deal. Go check it out. All right, until then, Lockdown USC will be back with another episode. You know us, five times a week. I'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed the show. I think this was a pretty cool one. Hope you stuck around through the end. You got some recruiting tidbits, but I will see you again.